Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the One Shot Movement Podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, anyone that's out there making it happen. And today I am with Jeff Cunningham. He's known on Clubhouse as Jeff the Entrepreneur. He's one of the bigger influencers on Clubhouse, hosting his own rooms, moderating in all the big rooms, and that's where we met and have built a good friendship on that platform. But his background is quite fascinating. As I said, he's a passionate for the radio hosting industry. He's got an amazing vision for business in the future. He's a marketing consultant that helps people in the e-commerce space. He's also an investor. He's got a number of different investments in private companies, but he's also got a very personal story around losing his brother. So we're going to touch on all of that in this week's episode. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode with Jeff Cunningham. Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, anyone that's out there making it happen. And today we have a very good guest on the show. I recently met him on Clubhouse and we got an instant connection. We were moderating rooms together. He was often hosting rooms and I was contributing to the rooms. We've built a bit of a friendship both in Clubhouse and off Clubhouse as well. So I invited him to the to this week's episode because he's got a an amazing story to share inspiration he's a a consultant who specializes in high ticket sales he's an investor he's got a number of investments in tech and a a newspaper he's also a radio host so we're going to dive into a bit of that there but he's also got a challenge and adversity part of his story as well so he's got over 15,000 people on clubhouse so he's got one of the bigger accounts on clubhouse and he's going to share a lot about uh, his experience on Clubhouse in this episode as well. So welcome to the show, Jeff Cunningham, who's also known as Jeff the Entrepreneur. Hey, yeah, uh, thank you so much. Uh, this is it's a pleasure to be on here, man. Pleasure to see uh, anybody. I have a very tight good friends in Australia, so it's good to find another one. Cool. And I always like to invite the person that comes onto the show to showcase a bit about their story because people connect to stories and I've heard so many amazing stories. So I've just sort of summarized a little bit in um, a minute or so, but can you just start off the uh, with sharing your story, you know, spend three or four minutes doing that if you need. Yeah, Craig. And it's actually cool because me and Dick, we did uh, meet on Clubhouse, but a lot of times you've been so concise to get to the value and help people. So it'd be good to actually kind of say, so yeah, um, four years ago, yeah, four years ago now, my older brother, Jason actually married a Playboy model. I don't know how much I actually told you this married a Playboy model in Florida, Boca Raton, Florida, very nice place. You ever been to the States or no? Yeah. 15 yeah, times. So- yeah, yeah. So Florida is, uh, is you know, very nice place. Went down there. He had everything, dude. It looked like everything. The Range Rover, the big house, the, the Playboy model and two kids. But he was miserable inside. Uh, I knew him. He was going through a lot of stuff, a lot of demons. She left him for another guy uh, for many different reasons. He was working on his own stuff. So I always, he was like the prodigal son. I always tried to help him. I always, my whole life, um, Jay was always the one who was kind of like forgotten about kid and, and really just had it, had a little bit tougher than most, but he always had a great heart. 
So my sister's getting married up in Connecticut. That's where I am right now for a little bit. Hopefully by the time a year from now, I won't say that because there's certain things that I want to move out of here. But I move up my brother to Connecticut and me and him, um, we, we wind up getting up there and um, he says he wants to win back his family. Actually, his goals, I don't know if I have them here. I usually have them around, was regain his family by Audi R8. Um, what was the other thing? Uh, build a coffee shop music studio. That was his thing. And uh, there's something else. Regain his family. There's one other thing. I'm forgetting it now. Um, but anyway, so he wrote down these dreams. They were in his car and we're sitting down. He's like, you know, Jeff, I want to build some up to winter back. So we, we started, he's like, you always been entrepreneurial. He's like, you know, let's build something together. You know, I, I have the marketing. I know so many people I could build. So we decided to build up like a coffee shop music studio lounge. That was our idea. We drove it on a napkin. And then uh, he was like, you know what? Let's do this. I'm going to do it. I said, all right. So me and him talked about it. And we were watching actually Star Trek that night. And there's a part in Star Trek, the movie. You ever see Star Trek, the movie? No, I haven't. Yeah. So we were just watching. It was his brother came up from town, whatever. And, uh, there's a part where he says, I dare you to do better. And there's the thing. And I remember turning to Jay and say, Hey Jay, I dare you to do better. You've been through life, all this stuff, all this pain, everything. Let's, let's do better. And we really dude, He's never been better than he was ever been. Uh, two days later, we actually went out, um, for drinks. Um, and at that time he was always missing Chantel and long story short, I went to wake him to get a haircut the next day and he didn't wake up. He died on drugs, fentanyl, went on to wake him up. Uh, me and my brother, we're there. It's funny. I just got a haircut today. And I always think about it when I get a haircut because it was like the, the thing. And when I went to wake him up, I flipped him over, gave him CPR and he didn't wake up. And at that moment there, Craig, I was probably the most, um, my mom passed away when I was 12, but I didn't really feel that one a lot. Like she passed away breast cancer. It was sad. Death and groom got taken in by different. This is when I felt because this was a brother. I, I purposely brought him up here and it was the cocaine laced with fentanyl. And he, although he did drugs and got over drug rehabilitation there, he got some bad drugs here. And I drank when I was drinks with him. So I felt a huge fall. Like I felt like it was so my fault, you know? And um, at that same time, like two weeks later, I was teaching at behavioral middle school one of my students uh, he's a russian kid really smart coder kid amazing smart kid he committed suicide right after that so i my brother and then the student committed suicide and everything i felt like i said i was in the same funeral home for both and fast forward the story they put me in therapy the lady goes ah you need add ocd go ahead medicaid i said fine med me up i went with my dad my dad always good with advice because you know jeff you've been through a lot i don't think you need to get medicated and he gave me a book power of subconscious mind you ever read that book i haven't read it but i know a lot about subconscious mind yeah so it's basically that dr joseph gordon something but I, you know you're depressed and if you've ever been depressed you don't feel like reading right so it's like whatever dad so dad then shows me a video on youtube and it was by the guy that you know i used to i'm not going to mention him as much anymore but it was a guy by name guy named grant cardone right you've heard of grant cardone right yep very so much. Grant could be a little punchy. Basically, I go home that day and I pray, um, God, I don't care if I wake up. And I search Grant Card on depression. That video changed my life. He basically said, if Oprah did it, you can do it. They wanted to medicate him. They just wanted to medicate me. Whoops, this mic, we're not used to having it. They, they wanted to medicate me. And, um, and I just saw so much on it. And the video spoke to me. And I got out of bed that day. I got really clear. And I wrote down, I will build the biggest coffee shop music studio ever franchise. And it'll be called Kokomo Jays. And then what I decided to do was instead of just opening it up for a year, I like studied coffee and did all that. I, I actually fell in love with the business side of it. And with that said, I really just studied businessmen and really started the entrepreneur journey. I started 
document on YouTube. And then that, that's what we're actually all watching right now. Mm, very interesting. And um, in regards, so just to rewind a little bit, with the coffee shop, you actually did set that up or that was in the process of being set up? So do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? Yes. So you know how he wants to buy the Jets? Yes. So that's kind of what it's like. So as the hedge, so what I decided, like I could have opened it up. It's actually a blessing that I didn't open up before COVID because as a new business owner, as a franchise, right? When you're going out there and you test the market, if it would work, I was doing a lot of market research and it's what I want to build in Connecticut. There's very few places it would really work market research wise if you do the hard numbers. So I'd have to move to Texas or Florida or Nashville, certain places where this would actually, this concept might work. Um, so I'm not there. I'm still stuck here. So what I decided to do was um, to, as a headstone to my success. So it's funny, and this is going to sound crazy. My older brother wrote, he had a tattoo, 77 to 99. And me and him had a goal to make 77 million. And uh, so I felt like, all right, <laughs> being very cavalier after watching Grant, I'll make 77 million, then I'll open this franchise, right? I was very like gregarious like that. That's always how I've been when I played football and stuff, right? So it's kind of changed since then. Once you start really helping people in service and you know, you've been very successful. It all comes with service, right? So it's more like now I want to service 77 million people. And at that point of the level, as my hedge to my success with all my investments, when I cash out, then I will build uh, the coffee shop music studio franchise at a place and honor my brother. So that's, that's kind of where we are present day, you know, not to say I haven't drinking a lot of coffee before then, you know? <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, I, I totally resonate with what you're talking about. You, you know, a bit about my story, the people on this show definitely know about my story, but I think, um, yeah, quite interesting, a moment, a moment and an experience like what you must've gone through with your brother has you know, lit the fire, if that's how you want to put it, inside you to go out and make a huge impact in the world. I've heard you talk about this a lot on Clubhouse and, you know, um, you know, you are what you would classify as a connector, somebody that, you know, wants to connect people to products, opportunities, service. Um, so yeah, I, I did go through that experience, which did. Yeah. So tell me, tell me, I know your listeners know, but so I don't know, cause you lead from, you know, you're the fitness owner, Australian guy who gives great business advice. So, because I don't know, and it's funny, someone let's fire. What, what happened to you? What was the, and it's funny. There was a, there's a dude, um, Rothschild, I think it is, or it's one of the, uh, JP Morgan, uh, lost his wife. If you ever studied the Tycoons, I study them like, like Ty Lopez studies them. JP Morgan lost his, his girlfriend when he was sick. And that's when he threw himself all into work and then built up JP Morgan Bank. Right. So it's like, where it's not alone when something like this happens, it kind of flicks off or people go down the opposite route. So what, what was the moment in life for you where it kind of... Um, look, I mean, for me, um, you know, just to, like my book is called You've Got One Shot, you know, go out there and give it your best shot. So for me, I had, you know, business was good, life was good, it was growing, you know, I was in the fitness industry, I was making a bit of money online, um, my wife and I just got married, uh, just went on a, you know, eight-week overseas holiday and we were looking to start a family and you know so you sort of like everything's going well um I was a bit of a 
if challenge or adversity faced me in that time, I was like that war horse that would, you know, I'd say a tractor just ploughing through paddocks and I could take on the resilience and the responsibility by myself. And, um, you know, everything was going really good in, in life and, you know, we were sitting... Um, you know, a handful of weeks out from our, having our first child and um, you just go in for your routine last few week checkups um, and, um, yeah, we're just in there. We were actually packed to go on a holiday with some friends down to a beautiful location just to get away and bags are packed. We're just going in for a routine ch- checkup and the lady that was just, you know, doing the ultrasound said, oh, there's no heartbeat here. And, um, at the time I, yeah, like she said, like, you know, so she said, look, look, don't panic. We'll get the obstetrician to come in and just double check. And, you know, that all happened. And they said, look, there's no heartbeat here. And I said, oh, um, you know, I froze like that, you know, if I go back to that moment, I talk about it deeply in the book. I like just froze and thought, what, what's going on here? And I didn't want my wife to go through the you know the experience of delivery so I sort of wanted it to all go away which it was never going to have operations said no that she'll have to deliver this baby so the bags packed were to go into hospital and um Next 48 hours I watched my wife deliver the baby we knew it wasn't going to take home and I had never cried in my life in terms of like in front of people or anything. I wasn't a very, um, you know, I was people at our wedding, like they used to call me the tin man, the guy of outer hearts. He doesn't show emotion. Um, and I cried. I felt like the whole labor process. And, um, you know, then, uh, we we spent 48 hours with our, our son that wasn't going to be coming home with us. And, you know, during that, 48 hours I had a lot of you know really deep conversations with myself about life and how that you know I was gonna carry a legacy forward for him because he didn't get his one shot at life and a week later um you know the funeral so you go through a whole heap of processes there and at the funeral in the eulogy I I talk about you know we're we're all in the game so what have we got to worry about my son hasn't even had one breath here yet and um that sort of sparked something in me and I parked it for a while and you know four years later um people were saying Craig you you know build your personal brand and um um, I'd like you to write a business book. I'd like you to do X, Y, Z, you know, help you elevate your brand. And I ended up saying, look, I don't want to just be another person who writes another business book in the clutter of all that. So if I, I revisit that, I'm going to go back and tell the story of, you know, the stolen heartbeat and what that taught me about living a meaningful life. So, and it was to bring that message to the world as you do have one shot, give it your best shot, whatever it is for you, whether it's to climb the corporate ladder, whether it's to become a a radio host which we'll talk about in a second um and yeah so I set out I um just you know went and went to work I actually engaged a team to help me so I didn't want to just write a book for the sake of it I wanted to bring something world class to the game and or to the world and I just recently published it in October last year so four four months ago five months ago and um yeah uh, like 
I did it to not just be a book. It was to be, you know, it was to make impact. And I've had like 50 life-changing testimonials to date. And I'm just hoping one day it just gets in the right hands of the right person. And um, these interviews are to help inspire and educate people to live their life of passion and purpose. So that's sort of where that's at at the moment. And yeah, like I've had people approach me on Clubhouse and one lady sent me a message and I just sent her the electronic version and she was the head of a stillborn clinic and she like like I was tremoring when she was like the message she left me. She said every male uh, who's been through this experience needs to read your book like truly amazing so that's where yeah that's where I'm at at the moment and um, back to the question of a moment in my life like a moment in your life was a trigger for a message and inspiration so I totally can relate to that yeah, 100%. And it's funny when I, on here it says inspire, there's always a submission statement. Like, no matter what in life, like I can be a little punchy when I say stuff, as you know, being a radio shock shock when back in the day, you know, you kind of do get it by getting ratings. So I always want to be funny and bring joy. But um, it's funny when, when, it's not so funny when, when something happens in life that really kind of shakes you. And then you realize, man, when life happens, you know, you could either sour and mourn and say, why did this happen to me? Or say this happens for me. And you can use, you know, I think they say your test becomes your testimony. Right. And like, just like you, she said, Hey, that book needs to get in people's mind. Cause there's so many people right now who go through certain things every day. Maybe they lost their brother. Right. So I know so many people like drugs, fentanyl is horrible, or they're, I know somebody else who actually just had a, uh, had a stillborn uh, child and it was just how devastating it was. And it's funny that some people, like nobody wants to know what you've gone through until they know you've come through so to see someone else who's gone through something you know they can connect they're not alone especially in a world like this, this is why clubhouse is an amazing app that we, like as an entrepreneur and really just trying to make everything happen you go in there and you realize you're not alone there's people actually willing to help there and care and that's why the, i believe the app is life-changing it's like we wouldn't be here without it maybe we would have we might have connected in some way but it's a lot quicker you know yeah, and before we get on to Clubhouse, because that's something I do want to speak to you about, because you've, you know, you've been a pretty big player in that uh, app. What's, you know, share a bit about Radio Host and, um, you know, passion for that. Um, I've heard you talk about that and also your experience. So yeah, my, my, I'll, I'll perk up and we'll get on because uh, my my dad uh, was a radio host. He's a radio DJ. He was great. There's videos of him and records back in the day. We used to hear his name was Casey and he had a little radio name, right? And I always wanted to be like, you know, I think you always kind of want to be like your dad in some sort of way. And that was the coolest thing I thought. He gave up his radio career to move to Connecticut instead of New York, uh, which New York City and a radio would have been big time to get a family to, because my mom wanted a family, my mom wanted a farm and Connecticut was known for farm and gardens. So we gave it up. And I, I always knew how my dad always kind of missed it, right? When became the salesman to go provide for the family and missed kind of what, what he really loved doing, right? So then I decided when I went to college, you know what, let me, let me try and figure out this whole radio thing. Like, yeah, I want to play football and stuff, but let me do it. Wound up getting a gig at a, at a local um, 
radio community radio station and really had a blast, man. And it was funny because what I realized it was right when podcasts were still big, but holding a whole board and doing a radio with the songs and letting callers and stuff was probably one of the things that everything that you think wrong with your ADD when your mind's going, you're able to do pretty well, you know, because there's a lot of things moving at fast, your mind's moving fast. So I just felt very in my element. And then when COVID hit and there was a few things that happened that kind of got shut down for a little bit. Um, so kind of pivoted again. And then the, what recently just happened is me and my brother, I got the seven why question from one of my coaches and said, well, what do you do? And I said, you know what, if I hit my 77 million, had the coffee shop music studio, I'd be broadcasting with, you know, maybe Craig in it on serious radio, right, right in the thing, doing like a funny, wacky show. Right. And he said, well, why don't you do it now? So sure enough, uh, right before Christmas, kind of me and my brother started going live on YouTube, Periscope and everything and, and built a show format very similar to what I've done before. Trivia at the end, like very well, well formed out. And it went, went out pretty well. It did pretty well. And then just recently, because the clubhouse kind of cut off it, we're bringing up the clubhouse. I'm actually going to record an episode tomorrow morning. If I wake up early, it's late here now. But, um, but yeah, that's it, man. Radio is something that I love. I'll always do it. Uh, it was fun. Um, and the one thing too with Clubhouse kind of connected is Clubhouse is just like a modern day radio, dude. That's really what it is. It's like a worldwide radio that you can click it in and you can get really good listeners right away that you can help and provide value for. So sometimes in my radio station, uh, not everybody called in, man. You know, it wasn't like big time, you know, but it, I mean, it was still radio, you know, so it was fun. Why, why, why do you ask about that? You always, you, you did have big radio stations in Australia over there? Yeah. Look, I mean, that's yeah. Like, um, asking the question more because I've heard you talk about that a bit so I always like to talk to people about their passion or their purpose when I interview them and I've heard you talk about being a radio host and and that so I thought I'd ask the question on the podcast well yeah you've seen me run some rooms on clubhouse and that's very similar how I've run it on there just fun light style uh, kind of really intriguing, really people, I'm curious of people and I always want to entertain, right? It's funny. Some people will call me Jeff the entertainer right away instead of Jeff the entrepreneur. I'm like, yeah, either one works because I'm really trying to entertain and educate at the same time. I think when you do that, you're like, you're a powerhouse, you know, if you just come off educating, I just sat here, Craig, and I was like, duh, 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 which I almost think I'm a little flat now because it's tired, you know, I'm not as much on there, but but if you are, it, it, you kind of lose people. When you kind of have a little bounce of your step and everything, then you kind of keep people engaged. And that, that's what I try and do. I try and make it fun, especially when you learn. I used to be a teacher at a behavioral middle school, man. And I, I hated the boring teacher. I always wanted to be the fun teacher who kept it alive. So that's what I try and do in anything I do, especially with the new venture of the Wealthy Wake Up and where that's going to go. Mm. And just before we talk about Clubhouse, um, you you know talk a little bit about what would we'll- you, you would describe as your superpower. So connecting people, um, you know, your marketing consulting. Uh, yeah. If you want to share a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think my, my, really my superpower really has always been um, helping people really just realize um, where helping people realize where they need, need, need to be. So, and I don't mean that like, like a life coach or anything like that, but like, like for a client, if a client 
had a product, but it couldn't sell, their product just needs to be in front of the right person. And the, the, what it is, is a communication gap, right? So you can say I'm fixing people's copy or whatever it is, but I'm actually, what I'm doing is I'm just helping them be able to communicate at a level when there's someone else that they need to communicate to when it's actually for perfect synergy. And that could be a prospect to a client, right? So although it's consulting, it's marketing consulting, there's a lot you can do with it, funnels, ads, billboards, this, that, really what it comes down to, all what billboards are in ads, it's all form of communication, right? The copy on it, anything. Like think about it, your one shot, that's a copy right there, right? So with that said, all I do is I, I, I basically bridge the gap between connections by helping their communication go to a better connection. And I've done that time and time again. I did it with uh, one of my last clients, a digital product, great product, couldn't sell it, came on one call, sold it for 10K, right? It was an automated course. Then I, I, I work with uh, Andy Audate, who does uh, automation services, one of my business partners. And then I help him, you know, connect it to the right person. So a lot of it, that's, that's kind of very similar. Like it's a connector. I'm, I'm a huge connector uh, when it comes down to it, you know, and I think there's so many different levels of it. But when you say that my superpower is always connecting with people right away, like I can, I can get in a room and I can read someone right away and I can, I, I just have that generally way where like, Oh, I want to be with this person. If I don't want to be with them, I kind of, unconnect pretty soon you know <laughs> cool and well, i want to talk about clubhouse and I, I i asked this question to anyone i'm interviewing on there because it's a very new platform um and i think yeah like share your what or describe clubhouse you know first so what how would you describe that as a platform um describe you know, talk about the opportunities and then i'm going to ask a couple of questions about it yeah, so I'll be perfectly uh, frank with you, uh, Craig. I thought Clubhouse was a dating app, right? And as a young <laughs> entrepreneur trying to stay focused, someone sent me an invite. And I thought, well, let me sign up for this dating app here. Maybe maybe there's, a, you know, the future <laughs> Mr. Cunningham, right? So I, I actually, my name's still spelled wrong. And it's like Jeff J. Cunningham because I, I switched it. I put one and then I realized kind of what it was like a talking app. I didn't know what it was. I, I then changed it. So just recently, I've been doing some webinars on automation, how to do automation, because a lot of people want to know how to do that. So I've been doing teaching some webinars, and but I've been trying to put the, the attendance up for it. You know, you'd have like $500, 500 sign up for the list and like 40 people would show, right? So it was very discouraging because I was like, come on, man. You know, I've always heard that, but I was like, so I get on Clubhouse and I was supposed to have an event. So I'm like, this is great. I have all these people. Hey, let me just pitch my event. So literally, Jeff DeAndemer is on there. I don't know. Were you there from day one when I when I came on? No, no I, I joined on the 5th of, of January. Okay, so you're a little. So for the first 28th, I think I was there. I came on and, dude, I got, this is true. There's people on the app who can verify this. I got kind of blackballed. Like, you know, they'll make people moderator and some people won't and all that stuff, right? Which I'll explain for people who don't know. So what Clubhouse is basically an app where you can talk to anybody in the world. Me and Craig can talk right from here, from everything, uh, just with a push of the button. It's phenomenal. Okay. It's, it's literally life-changing. It's light of speed. You can get knowledge from Craig and his fitness uh, journey and everything he's been through right to me. And I can give marketing consulting right to him. And it's a hard beat. And you can do it in a room with a whole bunch of people. Well, so I thought this was great to promote my app, but when I went on there and started promoting, I got sandblasted for pushed it down and then one dude kurt kurt the vc which i don't know if you know who he is um he doesn't talk much but he's around in a lot of rooms um he sent me a text and this is there's a great quote by john c maxwell um reward in public rebuke in private and he said hey bud i wish i could call you but you promote too much and people don't like it 
right? And I remember feeling like shadowed. Like there was an app that I thought, oh my God, I love this app. This is cool. There's so many cool people. And now nobody wanted to hear my voice, Craig. And I was, <laughs> I was literally like depressed, literally like just so like one app can make you like that, right? So what happened was um, I just kept keep raising my hand and go up asking questions. And then what happened was those people had problems and nobody had knew how to solve the problems because it was low after there wasn't a lot of moderators. And I, I had the solutions because I've done it before for people. So I kept speaking up and then just started giving value. And when I did that, people noticed, okay, this kid kind of knows what he's talking about. Maybe we should leave him up. This is true. There was a, uh, what it takes to run a million dollar business pitch room. And uh, it was going on for a while. And so I was kind of, sometimes I'd make moderator and then some people didn't agree with it. So half the room liked me and half the room hated me and they'd push me down, right? So then I had to come up. So true story, but after I heard the thing from Craig, I got upset and this is the true entrepreneur in me. Grant obviously is in one of the rooms at the same time. I turned to Grant in front of everybody when half the room was mad that I was promoting, half the room liked me because they could see my heart and everything. Because I was pretty transparent. I was still myself. I was just more of a pitchy version of myself. I turned to Grant Cardone and I go, hey, Grant, um, you know, I know service always wins, but you know, what, what, what level of promotion comes before service is service come for promotion, right? Because my whole point was, and I remember texting Kurt on the back end when Grant was promoting his show and he goes, they'll allow it because it's him. And I remember thinking, Craig, Grant's just a human like me and you. Sure, he's done more, but he's just a human. If he's allowed to promote his thing, I'm going to promote my stuff. That's literally what, what my thought, this is the entrepreneur. So I asked Grant and you know what Grant said to me? Go for it. I don't know what he said, but so he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, nah, man. He goes in Grant's voice. He says, you got to promote, man. You got to take care of yourself first, so you can take care of other people, right? He goes, if you if your service, you can't give from empty hand, and it made sense. And I know how, a little bit of the room was very upset that I asked that question because here they were trying to put me in a box, right? And this is entrepreneurs, Craig. Nobody can put you in a box. But I one one thing I did realize as I listened onto it when I started just kind of raising my hand and giving value to people. Um, it was actually euphoric, right? There was actually solving problems. It was great. Before I was like, and then it's funny. Now I'll listen to someone and we'll hear someone in a clubhouse room try to pitch and it just doesn't sound genuine. It sounds like they're just trying to like name drop and all that stuff too. And that's what I was doing. I, I was totally doing that. And I thought, oh my God, that's how I sounded. So when you come off from just a, a whole point of service, then people come around. They're, they're going to know where to find you anyway. The way the app is set up is absolutely great. But that was my start to clubhouse that got me to where I am today that was really the start it stunted my growth a little bit to be honest with you <laughs> yeah look i um i've, I've uh, moderated a few rooms but like t- technically to describe clubhouse it's basically a club room uh, people go in there based on the topics uh there's speakers and moderators there's usually a host um how how does it work yeah so very similar to a radio show and i was talking to um oh, i don't i was talking to another guy i don't I'm not trying to name draft here, but I was talking to some other guy who was on the app and he goes, what's the deal, man? I don't get it out of the stage, man. People call it a stage. It's not a stage, right? And basically it's like this. So like, I liken it to radio, right? So you have a host on a radio show, right? Who hosts the room. He sets the, the thing. Hey, this is whatever it is. And then you have co-hosts. Co-hosts would be moderators, right? And then you have people who call in to the show. So those are people who raise their hand and go up on the stage, right? So very similar to radio, it's the same process, right? Same process, just done with different things. Now, the great thing about Clubhouse is you can invite so many more people. And if you ever listen to a radio show, they don't have more than three uh, co-hosts, right? They really, that's what they'll have. You know, there's a breakfast club and a few of them. 
um, or they usually have two, right? Two co-hosts and they'll take callers in and they won't have all the callers at the same time on a radio show. They never do. So it was crazy that Clubhouse actually can allow everybody to jump in at the same time and chime in and piggyback off that and all those phrases all at the same time. So it's radio with everybody being on air at possible at any time. That's basically what it is. Hmm. And what about um, opportunities there? Like how is it different to other platforms and what opportunities, you know, like for me and you, we've connected and built a friendship offline. Do you see, like for me, my first perception was wow this is amazing and I was slightly deflated because last year I spent a whole year pretty much putting myself through building relationships networking connecting with people to get my podcast going we're interviewing who most of them have the biggest rooms now like Rob Moore Daniel Priestley Michael Lane um yeah, so they were all on my podcast last year and I'm like going damn like now literally those type of people are a lot easier to connect with um, because of this uh, this platform. But um, for, for was, that, was it hard to track down Rob Moore before then, or no? Oh, he's uh, pretty hard to get hold of. Like, yeah, I had a t- so here's the thing: I had a tough time getting a hold of him too. I saw him on a thing. I was a big fan of him. Loved the way he interviews. He's actually interviewing somebody today. I don't know if you're in for that room, although it's a little different time. And so I was talking to him today, just like, like we're talking now, right? I was asking him questions about how he became a good interview and this is stuff. And it's just crazy, dude, that you can do it like that simple when like, sometimes it's really hard, which it's crazy. Credit to you, man. I got to go back and listen to some of your, your podcasts then. Yeah. But what, what my initial thought was, wow, like this is bridging the gap uh, for anybody to connect with anybody, um, this platform, and it's going to open a lot of doors for a lot of people. And so I've uh, dedicated the f- my first month. I'm about up to a month in the platform now. And, you know, I've, I've built some, I've actually got 40 people booked in. It took me all year to get a hundred interviews done. I've got like 40 already booked in uh, high quality entrepreneurs to interview because of Clubhouse. That, that's awesome. And yeah, so who, who are some other um, names? I mean, I know I, I feel honored to be on here as well with everybody. And I, I think that's, but who are some other people you got coming on? Um, well, Ed Smith, like he's, you know, runs a big room. Um, he knows Rob and Daniel, so he was happy to jump on. You know, I could like build that relationship with him that way. Um, oh, there's lots. I interviewed a lady yesterday who toured with rihanna and justin timberlake i met her on club clubhouse <laughs> um i've met a- dude, clubhouse connections are unbelievable dude like the people that are on there right are they not like and it's funny dude because think about it what makes clubhouse is the people right if if you weren't on it and it, we went on it and it was just a whole bunch of like deadbeats right and the thing, then the app would not the app would be like, well, why am I going to go on here, right? So that's what's the crazy thing is what makes a business is business is just made up of people around them, right? And the level of people. And same thing with uh, same thing with uh, Clubhouse, right? It's made up by the people on it. So credit to whoever like decided to bring you on and me and certain people and just put us together because definitely it creates a different synergy, you know? Mm, definitely it's an exciting platform. So just one question before um on clubhouse where do you see it going in the next 12 months so yeah everybody asked that question right and i get it you know we're entrepreneurs you know we just want to look at we're visionaries want to look ahead 
the thing is, dude, I don't see it being too much different than it is. Like, if you look at Twitter when it started or even Instagram, right? And Instagram changed with videos and stuff like that. Listen, there's going to be stuff that's going to change, right? But like, that's pretty good how it is. That like, they don't really need to change. They can change whatever they want. They can make a subscription base. They can, they can do whatever they want. Whatever they do, a lot of the users love it there are going to do whatever they say. If they put ads in the hall room, they are. If they do a tip the speaker event and they get a percentage, then some of the speakers are going to be really happy about that, right? Um, if they like they, they came out with rules. We can't follow by foul sheets And there. Listen, there's two guys. I, I, I own um, equity and software. Cause like me and Ahmad, my business partner from London, we're upset. I was like, dude, because we, we were going to create an app just so you know, we wound up doing an affiliate marketing app, but we we're going to create a software that had all live streaming. We could live stream from all different um, platforms all at the same time. That was our idea, right? From your phone and sometimes talk to multiple people. Now this is like totally different because it's voice. So we weren't really in the same ballpark, but I remember thinking, because I know code, I'm like, this wouldn't be that hard to code because of X, Y, and Z, right? Um, but either way, man, I, I think the platform, I think as long as it doesn't get bought up by uh, Facebook or, or, or Google, I think it has a bright future ahead because um, it's so authentic and uh, I don't think it's going to lose that for a while. So I don't think you have anything to really worry about, you know? Mm. Oh, just I guess it's uh, invite only still at the moment. And well, I also think this by being in the I don't know, do you have any uh, background in the tech space or no? No. So because when you have an app and a software and this makes sense with anybody. So there's amount of servers it hosts on and part of the reason why I think they do invite only and they're probably caught up there now too. But you want to make sure you know curate the listeners, but also that you have the bandwidth to do it so you don't overload the app and it crashes. A lot of times, just recently, it's been glitching because they're allowing more people onto it, which means they need more server, more proxies up there to actually host these rooms, right? And so if they can't, if they're not bringing enough people to do it, then the app's going to crash right away. So I think it's a very strategic way to roll out. Plus, it gives the FOMO when Facebook started opened. They had it like uh, Facebook was only for people who were in colleges at first. And it was like people wanted to be in college just to get on Facebook, right? So it's the same thing. People want an invite. They want to be on, on the show. So it creates that FOMO. If I ever come out with one of the apps, dude, tell, tell you about it. I've already learned from them. I'm going to come out with some FOMO of uh, a limited opening. You know, I think that's ingenious, actually. Yeah. And uh, at the moment, it's iPhone or Apple only. So when Android come in, the, you know, there could be a floodgate for sure. Um, at the end of every episode, I always have a rapid fire question section, which doesn't have to have rapid fire answers, but what's the best book you would recommend anyone to read if they're looking to get ahead in life? So I'm trying not to say a book that I've said all the time, but it was the one that changed it for me. And I'm trying to think of a different one, but it's the first one that came to mind, the 10 X rule, that one, chapter 22 in the 10 X rule that, that one did it for me. That one woke me up. That one had, it was all about action, you know, and I wouldn't be here with a lot of the principles in that book. I think it's kind of magical. You ever read that book? No, I haven't actually read that book. To be honest with you, I've read lots of books. Listen, what would be one book for you? Oh, look, a one big life-changing book for me in the recent few years was Ray Dalio's Work-Life Principles. Oh, that dude, that's book. what I'm reading right now, actually, because I'm building systems. So yeah. I'm actually reading that book now. So I haven't finished it, but I've actually had listening and reading it as I'm building systems in right now. So that, mm. That's funny that you say that. Yeah, no, very good. What about the best advice you've ever received? Uh, don't fight to win, fight to resolve. 
And what about on the flip side, what's the worst bit of advice you've ever received? Or it could be an idea or something you just totally disagree with that people always say all the time. Yeah, you have to grow your social media account to get credible stuff to get leads. I hate that. You have to you have to go that it's not true, man. You just have to make connections, man. Just same way in business. And you know this, Craig, it's just, it's making connections. The more hands you shake, the more money you make, the more you get in front of people. You know what I mean? You don't need to, you don't need to fake certain things, you know, that, 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 that one's a big one. Yeah. Look, I mean, ironically, uh, another person I just interviewed, like literally the last person I just interviewed, I met off uh, clubhouse. His name's Jaden Vu. And, um, he actually said that too. <laughs> so that, like, out of I think me and him were in a lot of same rooms and I've been saying that for a while. I actually have a YouTube channel with me talking a little bit about that. Um, so it's cool that more people are coming around to that. What about the next three to five years for you? Can you see the music coffee shop thing happening? Yeah, probably in five years. So I, I did a reality board. And what we did is, and this is what I do for my clients. Uh, we do, for when I do coaching clients in a group, we do two things you're proud of that you accomplished in life. Whether it's like, let's say your fitness store that you opened, right? You had a franchise and you sold it. And like your one shot movement podcast, right? So those things, no matter what you hang your head on that. And then you do a one year goal, right? Like I want to move to Texas, I have the office I want up there and I want a nice car, right? Let's say. Then like the, the five year goal is, um, you know, I want to get a million YouTube subscribers and I want this. And the 10 year goal I have out there is Kokomo J's. So right now I have a, as a, as a 10 year goal, but because I've actually hit like even now getting asked to speak at certain events, I've hit subspecial. It wouldn't surprise me if I got it within five years, you know? Right. What about uh, to inspire people to make the most of their one shot at life? Yeah. So be authentic, connect with emotion, man. At the same time, like, no, be, have emotional intelligence to know who your audience is first. But most people, uh, there's that whole quote, like nobody wants to know uh, until they know how much you care. And it's funny, a lot of people in life are hiding that they don't want to open up about their own insecurities. So if you actually can share something like in, in a formula that I do that works for extremely well, I got this from one of my mentors and flipped the script, but emotion. So you get, get that emotion where you get the psychographics, the person you're trying to reach, the value of what you want to offer, or what you want to do, and then a, a subtle call to action of where they can find you. If you actually did that in life anywhere at a gas station, I do it everywhere I go. Um, that's what brings the honest connection where people connect with emotion. They see the value in you. And then the call to action is, hey, man, you have a business card? Like, I, I believe anybody, if you work with something like that, you can actually make something really work out well where it's powerful, whether it's, whether it's a YouTube video or in person. Mm, very good advice. And what about how do people find you other than Clubhouse? Is there a place or you would want them to connect with you on Clubhouse? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, it's only invite only. So, I mean, really, if you go to uh, if you go to jefftheentrepreneur.com, you probably find a little bit of stuff where my funnel website team put up there. Jeffsiphone.com, which probably got to change. That was someone made fun of me calling it for my iPhone. So I bought it to brand for webinars. Um, but yeah, if you search Jeff the Entrepreneur on Instagram, that's the best way to see me hanging around. If not on Clubhouse, Clubhouse is caught into a lot of it. But or Jeff J Cunningham, um, that's on YouTube. You'll see weekly videos we put up. Uh, interview with uh, I think it was Hugh Jackson on the Make More Money podcast. He's an NFL coach that just came up later. So you'll see a lot of videos that my team puts up as well there. So 
Very good. And from me, I want to thank you for jumping on. I know it's very late there. It's probably midnight there at the moment. So uh... I look tired. Do I have less energy than normal? A little bit, right? <laughs> I'm running low, man. I know you got Jeff the Entrepreneur, and I'm usually like, it's Jeff J here to make your day. Here we are, like, and I usually go into that voice too. And uh, I actually just got off a, a clubhouse, and then I was on another call. So it's been call after call after call. So I apologize if I didn't bring it, but um, I'll see you around, Craig. I'm so thank you so much for having me on, man. This has been phenomenal, dude. I love the one shot, I love everything you're about. And look forward to seeing you around Clubhouse. And, and just to wrap up, I'd like you to close out the episode with a bit of your best work from your radio days. All right. And you just listened to One Shot uh, Movement with Craig, uh, who is definitely the one that you want to go for. If you need to find your one shot, he'll find it with you. Tune in next time to hear countless interviews with great entrepreneurs that are literally telling about their one shot that'll change your life. And on that note, thank you, Jeff. Awesome. Thank you, Craig. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jeff Cunningham. It was a crossover from a really deep personal story, inspiration, and somebody that's out there making it happen. So I hope there was a lot of value in that episode. And if you like the episode, make sure you share it with your friends, your colleagues, tag people in it, uh, give us reviews. It's really important to get amazing guests on the show. If you haven't got a copy of my book, you've got one shot. Make sure you head across to craigschultz.com and get your copy. While you're there, book in a 15-minute session with me and we can talk about your personal situation and how we could possibly help you build a roadmap to build your life living with uh, passion and purpose, whatever that is for you. As I always say at the end of every episode, you've got one shot at life. Go out there and give it your best shot, whatever that is for you. My name's Craig Schultz. I'm the host of the One Shot Movement podcast.